0: All right, I don't want to occupy too much of the space, so I've already done a bit of, a, of an intro, but Mark and Tommy, uh, are you guys about ready to knock our socks off to really bless us in the Lord? <laughs> Amen. So I'm going to ask you guys to come on up, and uh, do you need this table? Do you need anything? Okay. everybody let's just give god a hand praise for mark and tommy brunner they've come all the way from the czech republic and uh, they're doing some amazing things and really helping uh the ukrainian uh refugees who we all know the news about what's going on there and i'll let him tell it him and tommy tell it and uh then minister as the lord leads you amen thank you pastor cornell and thank you our worship team wasn't that a blessing this morning i I appreciate all of the wonderful worshipers up there. It was really a a joy to be in the house of God today. Amen? Amen. 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 I'm also in joy because after several years, you know, Tommy hasn't been able to get here, but here she is. Let's give her a welcome. Say hello.
1: Hello. It's good to be here. Praise God. I know Mark is doing a lot of stuff on his own and it's been hard for him. He he's he's the type that needs to be married, so <laughs> can't be single. So I, I I feel bad that I wasn't <laughs> Amen. <laughs> with a punch. <laughs> but uh you know, it's it's just good to be back on the road and uh I know it's hard because I had a a back operation and that was 14 screws. And uh, then I had a knee operation, so that wasn't fun. But anyway, uh, God's uh, in the restoration business, isn't he? Amen. And I'm believing, I'm trusting God that it's all going to get complete. <laughs> Everything is going to be completed because we're living in a very exciting time. Uh, some people say it's the worst of times, but it's also the best of times, especially if you're walking with, close with God. And I do mean close. He's drawing us closer to him. Do you all feel that? Do you feel that? Yeah, we need him. We really need him. And I know I've really needed him. And uh, anyway, God is fun. God is interesting. God is exciting. He's full of miracles and just amazing things. And uh, we can depend on him. Hallelujah. For anything. And get him involved in anything. I mean anything, (laughs) you know, no matter what it is. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, he's thrilled about it. People will say, well, God doesn't have time for that kind of stuff. Well, nonsense. He does. (laughs) He's always reminding me, too. Hey, I'm here, you know. One time I uh, I was in the car, and all of a sudden it's almost like as if I was rising above my body. And then I started seeing this body, my body, holding the steering wheel in the car. And I was looking at it, and I was going, wow, you know, and then there was a body inside of my body, and he says, I'm here, use me. I mean, it's very, very, very strong, and I never forgot that. That was back when I was going to Rhema, (laughs) so it was, you know, there was a lot of talking back and forth with God, (laughs) but um, anyway, I just want to encourage you that just uh, don't be afraid. Don't let fear enter in, you know. Don't, we don't have a spirit of fear, but one of power, authority, love, and a sound mind. We have the mind of Christ, and that's a skeleton prayer that I pray a lot, and I'll add things to it, as you noticed. <laughs> but anyway, have a fun time. Mark's going to share from the word and also what, and all that's been going on with Ukraine and, and uh, Malawi. So anyway, be blessed. And I brought my T-shirt that says, Make Heaven Crowded. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Amen. It's one-on-one, guys. None of us are exempt from what God's wanting to do in these last days. You have, you have an, a, a divine appointment. You're here for a reason, okay? Amen. You're here for a reason. And, uh, and, boy, I mean, any just ask God. He'll, he'll put the person in front of you across your path that he wants you to witness to. And just trust him for the words. Don't be afraid, you know. Yeah. Right? I mean, you want them in heaven, right? <laughs> so, so go for it. Amen. Good seeing you all. God bless you.
0: Amen. Thank, Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy's always an encouragement Uh, As far as sharing your faith actively, and wherever we go, she's always got a satchel full of tracks in her purse in Czech or English or Slovak. You can take your pick. But whenever we go in a restaurant, Tommy worked like 20 years in the restaurant business over in America, and then we had a restaurant connected with our ministry outreach center, which Tommy was the manager. And so she's had 28 years of experience, and she has a special place in her heart, every waitress and waiter we come across she always gives them a big tip and i found out that really opens the door for sharing your faith now i don't know if we can do that all the time but you know it's just a matter of random acts of kindness and god opens doors i've seen it so many times and i'm going to be sharing now uh, if you go ahead james and uh is it Adam back there? No, it's Desiree. Okay, go ahead and put that on there, please. Um, I'm, I'm going to give some victory reports. And I know Pastor Cornell told us about, um, you know, share with the Ukraine. And I'm going to get to that. But you say, well, how is Malawi connected to Ukraine? Well, we've, we went there a year ago. And you recall we were raising money for this white Beautiful Nissan 4x4 pickup to help the pastor in Malawi well he's a bishop he's got 63 churches under his leadership Pastor Peter Fungulani and 33 are in Malawi or 30 in Malawi and 33 in Mozambique and we got to visit there last year uh, it was an amazing trip but then we had this war happen and we find that In Malawi and Mozambique and most of Southeast Africa, most of the food supply, most of the grain came from Ukraine. And it's all been blockaded by the Russian Navy. And so now there's a huge food shortage because the price of all grain products have tripled because their main supply was the Ukrainians, which was the biggest grain supplier in all of Europe. And now that grain's just sitting in container ships Because of the war, which is horrible, and so we see now we have a special calling that was God's timing for us to get over there and get this pickup. And also, as our ministry, we're called Revival Missions International, and we send money there on a monthly basis to help buy food. And this pastor is delivering those. Those are big sacks of maize meal, and maize meal is their main food, which they eat. Um, Go to the next picture, please. And you see these kids all lined up with their pan to get food because the church is about their only supply. They don't have social security. They don't have school lunches. They have the church and and that's about it. And for the elderly people, there's no social security. They have the church and that's it. So for widows and orphans, the church is the only supply in Malawi. And We have to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And, you know, that alone could occupy my ministry full time. But then another thing happened this year. You know, I was sort of thinking, well, I just want to, you know, get more focused on Ukraine and sort of back off a little bit and check in Slovakia because we've been pastoring there 30 years in five different churches and helping plant and build and Bible school. And we've been going very strong (laughs) And then, after thinking I might slide back a little bit, suddenly a war happened. Uh, Go to the next slide. So, starting in February, I've been making numerous trips with our van. We have a nine-passenger van, which we recently sewed into a ministry in Romania, which I'll tell you more about that. But anyway, this is the scene. You come, uh, there's a gathering place right near the border. They will not let me get over to the border because I don't have citizenship or a visa for Ukraine and only family members can get into Ukraine. And so they bring these people on vans from the border and, and then they give them suitcases and strollers and food and blankets and clothing, whatever they need. And I have to say the Slovak, Czech, Polish, Hungarian, Romanian countries have been amazing and how they have opened their hearts to the refugees from Ukraine. And it, the problem is huge. We now have 7 million refugees registered outside of Rome, uh, Ukraine that are in Poland has 1.5 million, Germany has 1 million, Czech has 683,000, and surprisingly, Czech, which is a smaller country, has the third highest number of refugees and that's because a lot of the Ukraines want to go to Czech because they've got a stronger economy than either Romania or Slovakia or Moldova. And so they want to come to Czech, but that puts huge strain because Czech does not have that kind of infrastructure to hand an influx of over half a million people, and Slovakia even worse. So we have been working a lot to... Get these people housed, you know. Find them a place to stay temporarily. Go to the next, and I'll show you how that works. They, the on the right slide, you see a hasidzi. That's a, a fireman van that they use for firemen when they have to go fight a fire. A big fire, they have like 18 to 20 places, and the, so they take those firemen and police vans over to the border. They bring the people directly over from the border, and many of them had been walking four or five days. The little kids' faces are bright red because this is in March, and it was cold, and they had no place. They were out in the open for four or five days, and the kids are coming out of having their houses and their towns bombed. They have PTSD. All the men have to stay in Ukraine because anyone from the age of 18 to 65 is immediately pressed into military service. And that's necessary because of the huge odds they're fighting against. But the Ukrainians have done an amazing job. They are the bravest people I've ever known. And many of the young men that did come, some of them got permission to bring their families, um, like their grandparents or children, and then they leave them with us to take them to a lodging place or a Ubitovna uh, dormitory. <laughs> I've been earlier. Really, sometimes I have problems remembering English, so bear with me. They go back to the war zone. They could be there and stay, but no, I gotta go back and fight with my brothers. Incredible bravery, but they're You know, no one expected they'd last more than a couple months. Now we're in the eighth month of war. And they're still standing strong and taking ground back from the Russians. It's amazing. So anyway, they bring the families. You can see on the right, there's like a three-dormer roof. Uh, That's the city culture hall in this town of Ubla, which is near the... um, It's in the Slovakia near the border of Ukraine. And they turned that culture center and town hall into a large dormitory so they have cots out there and then the families come in they give them food and we'd have bags uh that we put together like emergency bags with food um you know like conserved food and uh granola bars high energy stuff and you know blankets uh hygiene items and just to help them get back on their feet go to the next one i need to go a little faster i got a lot of ground to cover so these are the kinds of scenes that we saw and see uh this lady up there is crying with her children because her husband had to leave and go back to the war zone and and she doesn't know will i see my husband the kids are crying will i see daddy again just imagine how hard that would be for the husbands as well as the family And then they they have the Red Cross, the Catholic Charities, and many other charities who are bringing all these uh, clothing and blankets and um, shoes, just everything they need, and then the people pick what they need, and then they bring them to this holding, they call it the gathering area, where they put together rides because they don't have the infrastructure to handle. You know, Slovakia is only... Uh, 5.8 million people and suddenly you have half a million refugees coming in (laughs) where do you put them all how do you do that so they called all the NGOs from the whole part of our area and said please bring your vans multi-person vehicles because we do not have enough rides or infrastructure to get these people into decent housing and so I was working with the organization called which basically means people on the run and they help refugees first they started back when the refugees came up out of the Syrian war uh, through Hungary and Turkey and all that and now they're working with the Ukrainians exclusively go to the next slide please so this is Tono in the Batman shirt <laughs> he used to be our uh, lead technician we um, dubbed we had a studio in Slovakia when we pastored there and we dubbed 162 programs of Joyce Meyer into Slovak and it's still on the television today hallelujah and Tona was our lead technician well he married Lenka that's his wife next to him and then this is a Ukrainian family so he lives now just 20 kilometers from the border which is super because it's a seven-hour drive for where Tommy and I live in Olomos Czech Republic to get over to that border and then Tono would put me and our team up at his place the next day we'd go over and pick up a load of people and his wife would make a hot meal so that's uh Alina Vika and Alisa a, a Ukrainian family and um their husband, Her husband had to stay back because he's a mechanic, and they got him repairing tanks coming out of the war zone and fixing also a whole bunch of Russian tanks that they've captured. So he's very important. And, of course, he had to stay there near Kiev. This is another group. I'm in the middle there with... I got my van. You can't see it very well. But this is an extended family. And so they they let the men come to make sure their wives and children get safely on, you know, the Slovak side. And then the elderly man on my right, he wanted to come up and go visit other Ukrainian families that he knows in Czech, so I brought him all the way back with me. And uh, you can see they even have a dog (laughs) because a dog's part of the family, so we have dog refugees too. (laughs) Okay, go to the next one. (coughs) Now, this is a really sad story, but it's one of many. There are about 1.7 million people in Ukraine that have been forcibly exiled out of Russia. Forcibly. They interview people and many times beat them to see if there's anyone in their family that's fighting with the Ukrainian military. And then based on what they say, they'll ship them off to Russia. Uh, based on what their work skills are, and some of them end up in slave labor or worse. Now, this man, uh, he is actually a fighter in the Ukrainian army. He's a professional soldier who is a lieutenant, and so they gave him a weekend pass to go home up in the Donbas area and see his family, and he comes in, and the his two daughters are all freaked out. His mother is crying. What's happened? Oh, the Russians came and took away Mommy. Where is she? We don't know. And so his wife was repatriated, What is what they say, along with 120 other women from his town. And they have no idea, are they alive? Are they dead? Are they in a slave camp? Are they in prostitution for the Russians? They don't know. And so these little girls were so traumatized, they would never go. I drove them all the way back to check, and we put them in, there's a ironically a Russian army base that's still in Czech left over from when you know the Russians occupied Czech and they know what it's like to be occupied by Russia and that's why they've opened their hearts so much because they were under the Russian boot for 48 years and now they know we've got to help our brothers in Ukraine and sisters so uh, anyway the daughters wouldn't get more than a foot away from their father because they saw their mother forcibly taken away from them and, and the grandmother and the little daughter, their, their name is uh, Vladimir, Vlasta, Alina, and the grandma. And the grandma and Alina started singing this uh, beautiful Ukrainian folk song. And it's obvious that the grandmother had taught it to the 10 year old, and she sang with this perfect, beautiful intonation that both the grandmother and the daughter. And I could just feel like the, the pain, like the Ukrainian soil and blood rising up in their song. <sighs> of course, I, I began to weep. I still weep because I felt the horror of what's happened to that whole nation. And I want to tell you, the most powerful force in the world is not Russian missiles and tanks and smart bombs. It's the love of Jesus Christ. And the reason those situations are so awful is because the body of Christ has not done its job. Since the wall went down, we should have saturated Ukraine with the gospel. I, I went in there several times when I, in my 90s, and it was so crazy because I've never seen more corruption. The the border guards kept us the first time on the border 19 hours, and I even had a humanitarian aid permit, and they kept us there 19 hours. I went from office to office to office to office, and everybody wanted a bribe. The next time I went, you know, and I had food in the back, I had to wait 24 hours on the border and then I I got I had a, a load of food and clothes and um, hygiene items. And I got to this church in, in Ukraine, Mukachevo. And the pastor said, quick, Mark. I, I know that the secret police are going to be here any minute. we got to hide all this stuff. And so we were tossing hams and food and noodles and shoes and everything. Everything up in the attic to hide it. And like five minutes later, the police showed up. Oh, we heard you just got a a shipment of something here from this missionary, and, and we need to check it out, which means we need to confiscate it and sell it on the black market. And they couldn't find it, thank God. And so the pastor was, like, sweating. You know, he was so nervous. But thank God, you know, that's the way they live. So, you know, I know, you know, it's horrible what the Russians have done, but the Ukrainians were oppressed already by their own corruption and the mafia and the sex trafficking, and the bribes that you have to pay for everything. And, you know, I, it's unbelievable. But see, what is happening? God has taken these beautiful Ukrainians, bringing them into Poland, and the Polish churches are experiencing revival. Our organization has 44 churches in Poland And almost all of them say, Mark, you know, we're having revival. I say, how can that be? He says, it's the Ukrainian refugees coming in here, and they're so fired up. For one, they know they've been shown grace. For two, they can actually get a decent job and earn a wage so they can send finances and food and medicine back to their families still in Ukraine. But then they are filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Ukrainians, how can that be? God had to allow. I I hate war, I hate it and its effects. I hate seeing children suffer. But then I've seen these families come in and they're on fire for Jesus. And they have more zeal for God than I've ever seen in the Western churches of Europe. And now, our church and senate, you'll see. Now this is another family. I picked them up, brought them up. We got them first in a short-term and then we were able to get them a flat so that lady on my right is Lenka, the landlord who gave them the cheapest price you can find anywhere, which is a miracle. And then that's Marina, her daughter Sasha, Danielle, and Anya right in front of me. And it's so good to see how God has stabilized these families. And now You'll see that we're actually helping them get trained in school. Go to the next one, please. So this is what I was doing just before I came here three weeks ago. I have this old red van. We call her Red Dorcas. (laughs) Why? Well, because she's been raised from the dead so many times. (laughs) And I need to raise her from the dead again. I've had Dorcas for 17 years. It's been the best van i ever had diesel, a four-cylinder diesel, but it just goes forever, and now the rust on the bottom was getting so bad, and if if the check inspection can stick a screwdriver through anywhere, it won't go through inspection. Well, the screwdriver went through a lot of places, (laughs) so I spent like three weeks, I put, you know, and God said, Mark, I want you to take this. It will go through inspection after you fix it. But then I want you to give it to this missionary, Chippo. It's She's the African lady. Um, she went through the Bible school in England. She has an amazing testimony. And God sent her to Romania along with these two Korean brothers. And they have a big outreach in Satu Mare Maria, which is uh, many gypsies. And this is so beautiful because the gypsies are dark-skinned. And they've experienced horrendous prejudice and discrimination in eastern Europe for centuries and it's still there and the EU just kind of winks at it but we can't because we're the body of Christ amen and so she's gone there and the Romanian people trust her because she's dark-skinned one two she knows what prejudice and discrimination is like and so she comes in there and she's like now a local hero in this area and then now they've also been helping the Ukrainians because a lot of the Ukrainians are also Roma and so they feel comfortable in that area and so they've got a big outreach well her car broke down and she's putting out a call I need a car our vehicle's broken we need a van can somebody help us and the Lord said Mark you help them (laughs) so I spent A lot of time, about $1,000, I put on new tires, new muffler and exhaust system, new battery, new hoses, new belt, new windshield washer. I fixed these rust outs, you know, because I'm kind of an old motorhead myself. And I got that thing running better than it has in years. And she was so blessed. I just handed it off to them in Budapest, like I said, just before I came here. And they are blessed. But now I need a van. (laughs) So I'm trusting the Lord that he's going to help us because as you sow, so you shall reap. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. And I'm not talking to, I mean just a good, solid man because i got a lot to do. Okay, go to the next one. So this is that church that we used to pastor in Senates and you see Meno on the front right and then his wife is the one standing right directly in the very back and next to her is the pastor and his wife, Stano and Virka. And, and they are doing a great job. Um, when we pastored, the church had a third floor. It used to be an elementary school. And the third floor we turned into a flat with three bedrooms. And now, since beginning of March, they've had 19 Ukrainians living there. So all those other people are just some of the Ukrainians living. And it's the same thing. Those Ukrainians now have drawn other Ukrainians in, and so the church now has an Armenian family who is, you know, Slovak implants, and they translate the services from Slovak to Russian, and all the Ukrainians understand Russian because that's like the second language. And Slovak and Czech are quite a bit, they're Slavic languages, but it takes some time to learn Ukrainian or Russian. It's not like automatic and so Misha and Mino have been appointed now as the leaders for the Ukrainian ministry at that church and they now have like 35 other Ukrainians coming on Sunday to that church because they're the only ones they have headphones and they translate in from Russian into Ukrainian and even do Misha Mino and Misha do twice a month like Ukrainian services so the Ukrainians can worship and it's really nice. But they've got such a blessing. Mino um, is doing a, I'll show you next, go to the next slide. He's running a carpentry club where he teaches the kid carpentry skills. Uh, yeah, if we can go to the next slide. You can see on the right, that's Mino's carpentry class. And then in the middle, that's Misha. And she loves art and crafts. And so she she's a former teacher herself. So they now have two older children that are, Ten and 14 and they're helping too with the ministry and they're doing a big crafts project there and on the right they did an outreach for the Ukrainians and many Slovak kids wanted to come hey can we do that you know they were doing an art mural and sure come on in so as Misha and Mino are doing these projects it's becoming an evangelistic tool so they started a ministry called Hope Street Ministries go to the next one please and here you see, that's Mino with more of his craft classes. Uh, that's Misha in their living room. She's teaching Slovak, and she uses little puzzles and things, you know, like word cards, so they can teach the Ukrainian kids Slovak so we can get them this year into school. And then uh, Misha also has a women's meeting online. She's got like 50 ladies that come on her Uh, computer class. What do you call that program? You know, where everybody gets on. Chuck, help me out. Where is he? Okay. Vimeo. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. And so she's got like 50 women who join her on this class and she's using that as an outreach tool and now they have a they found this former granary. It's in a Village right near Senate's, the city where we used to pastor. and it's been empty for like 15 years. Uh, they, they've remounted, They put a new roof on. the owner wants to rent it out and it's perfect. It, it doesn't have as high a ceiling as this, but it has an art ceiling and it wouldn't be good for like tennis or volleyball because the ceiling's not high. But we found out it'll work perfect for pickleball. How many know what pickleball is? Well, you should know because it's the fastest-growing sport in America right now. Many places are starting pickleball clubs because it's easy to play. You can have a smaller court than tennis, and it's co-ed. You can have boys and girls on the same team, and it's not that difficult, and families can play it. So I thought, hey, this would be perfect. We could have... Four courts in this building, and either have va- uh, badminton, pickleball, or no he ball because it's the same. No he ball, no he is leg. It's like tennis, but you play it with a soccer ball, and you just kick the ball over the net. So we're gonna open this place and and draw the kids in, not only the Ukrainians but the Slovak kids, and use that place as a community center. And then draw the kids on weekends. We'll have Bible studies, uh, worship, and they want me to teach music. Which, as a former band director, you know I like that. (laughs) I've been playing that trumpet for 57 years now. So I ought to know something by now. (laughs) Anyway, this is a huge project, and it's going to take help. And so I'm asking you, you know, just pray what God would have you to do. Now let's keep going a little farther. Um, this is Project Now. Tommy and I, we have sold the main ministry building in check. We've been praying for several years to send a younger couple who would be able to take over our Christian camps and youth ministry. And we found this couple. And they were able to raise with their foundation enough money for a down payment to buy the main restaurant and, and pension, like bed and breakfast building. But Tommy and I still have our flat in back. It's a three-room flat plus a backyard and the pergola. And eventually they want to buy that too, but they didn't have enough money. But with what we got in the down payment, we were able to buy this fixer-upper house in Mostova, Slovakia, which is right in the midst of... All four churches where we used to minister when we lived there for 10 years. And they're, they're, uh, it's an older home. It needed a new roof. And I've got Mino up there helping me. You can see I'm keeping him in line. <laughs> and Tommy's there putting on the uh, anti-chirvotoch. Uh, you know, chirvotoch. Termite. Anti-termite and anti-woodworm stuff you got to put on the wood because it is older house. And then we put these roof tiles. Go to the next slide. We got a hold of these. Um, uh, they're like cement and mm, terracotta roof style. And, and you can see I've got half of it done, but I still got to finish <laughs> more of it as we go on. But we're getting that house fixed up, and this makes for like a ministry center so we don't have to travel seven hours every time we go to do ministry work with the the Ukrainian refugees and all the other stuff we're doing there. So this is a blessing. Now there's our ministry center. Podskal, you see that on the left, and on the right is the inside. And there's the couple. Next to Tommy's left, you'll see Franta and Radka and then some of the people from our church up there. And they have taken over the children's ministry. So now we... Have them, they did four camps this summer two for kids, one for Royal Rangers, and one for YWAM. And we're so thankful that that place is going to be used because he really has a vision for these camps and his ministry is uh, doing great. So we're glad to have that part of our ministry taken off our shoulders so we can focus more on these other things that you've seen. Okay, let's go to the next one. So I'm just going to give you a quick review here, and then I want to get to the word, at least for a little while, because we got to get the full plate special today. Amen? Okay, so there I am with the director of a school, and Yerkes, my Czech pastor, went with me, and we were uh, supernaturally able to come up with 3,000 masks and 2,500 sanitizers in 48 hours, which got us into the country because he had shut down the borders from COVID. This was a year ago. And, and we just supernaturally, the pastor at the last minute, he said, I got a way to get in. I talked to the health minister. If you can get 3,000 masks and 2,500 sanitizer kits, you can come and we'll get you in through the uh, humanitarian aid because tourists know you can't get in. And I said, how am I going to do that? In two days. We're leaving in two days. Well, I, I have a lot of contacts. I got on the phone. There's a, a guy that has a Roma ministry, you know, for the um, check. They're gypsies. And he has a big homeless shelter and a ministry, a church that ministers to Roma. And he has a food shelf that he gets food and all kinds of stuff, clothes, shoes, you know, stuff, food that's near its, you know, freshness, expiration. And he distributes it to about 300 to 400 people a day. Plus has this homeless shelter with 50 people. And I called him up. I said, Mate, I need a bunch of masks. Do you have any extra masks? He says, funny thing, Mark. I just got a big load in from this one Tesco. It's like a Walmart. And they they had about 5,000 masks. I don't need them. all. I'll take 2,000. You can have 3,000. I said, Hallelujah! <laughs> and then I, well, where am I going to get these sanitizers? Well, I went looking at all the stores. I found this one store, it's called a drogeria, which in Slovakia, they sell all the household items like, you know, soap and, you know, all your hygiene, toothpaste, uh, makeup and stuff for the ladies, and shampoo and all that. And they just happened to have a sale on these sanitizers. You know, once you get to the end of their freshness date, they have to cut the price. And so they were two-thirds off. You know, usually they're like almost $3, and I got them for like 80 cents apiece. I said, I'll take all of them. <laughs> well, they only had about 150, but then I got the address of all these cheta drogarias in my whole region, and I went... And within that same day, I had 2,500 sanitizer kits. You see how God works when you have a plan. Yeah, amen. And in two days, we were there and passing them out. This is at the local health agency, and they were so glad because they just didn't have enough masks to go around or no sanitizer kits at all. Okay, go to the next one. Uh, I'm almost there. This was, we got into several schools And I brought a bunch of uh, toilet paper rolls. (laughs) And the people at the customs, what do you want this for? Well, I have a craft I'm going to do. Because there are toilet paper rolls in Malawi. (laughs) You use a leaf or newspaper, but no toilet paper. The last toilet paper I saw was when I left the airport. And so these kids had never seen a toilet paper roll. And we put little slits in them and had them wrapped you know, colored paper, and I brought these little, uh, you know, those little greenery uh, things from the dollar store, you know, you get a little bush, and I cut them all up, and they stuck it in there, and we made the tree of life, so it was the tree of life story, and then we had them all memorize uh, the tree of life, uh, where, you know, Jesus talked about the tree of life, and those who believe in him, it shall be, you know, like a a river of living water flowing up. And we had the kids memorize the verse, John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. And then they were, oh, we so excited. And they all wanted to take him home. The teacher said, I'm sorry, Mark, they can't take him home because these kids all, their families have goats and these little branches have wires in them and if they eat it, they'll die. And they, goats eat anything. So we had to just use them to decorate the school. But in a way, isn't that nice? Because now all the kids coming in that school are going to see, oh, I am the vine, you are the branches. Ah, Jesus, he's the vine. So it's the testimony that keeps on preaching. Hallelujah. Okay, almost done. One more, and I think that's good enough. So this is the things that we provided on this trip. We gave them a new sound system, a keyboard for outreaches, And we did evangelism in seven districts. We provided those masks. Actually, it was 3,000. And church conference, we had uh, many different pastors come from 14 area churches. We did leadership disciple training. We did micro-industry startups. We bought like 36 pairs of goats. You give a pair of goats to the families, and then the goats have babies, and then they have more milk, and then they sell the goat cheese and the yogurt from it. So it's like a micro-business. We also, thanks to Robert, who gave me a lot of advice. Is he here today? Uh, I think it's Ken's neighbor. Okay, well, he helped me learn about chickens, and we started two chicken ranches over there, thanks to Robert's good teaching. And then uh, we're also, of course, doing the school projects and getting into those uh, places to preach the gospel. And they were so appreciative. And I was just humbled, humbled by going to those churches and seeing people who just live off the land. I was in a town of 5,000 people. There was one car in that whole town. One car for 5,000. Can you imagine? But that's Malawi. Malawi. And then everybody else is either riding a bike, walking. Some, if they were, you know, well-to-do, maybe had a 50cc motorbike. That pastor I told you about was trying to service 63 churches on a 50cc motorbike going up. I mean, that's why we got him the pickup truck. And I believe he is very, very blessed. (laughs) Amen. So now there's two cars in a city of 5,000. Okay, so... We're going to cut that off because I want to get to the word. And I, I want to you know, be conscious of the time as time is going. So if you would, please, open up in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 30. I just read this the other day, and it's really a- applicable to the situation that we find ourselves in in our world right now, but also specifically in Ukraine. So go with me. If you have it, please Uh, up there in the sound booth, if you can put on Deuteronomy chapter, uh, let's start at chapter 29, and then we're going to go down to chapter 30 after a few verses. We'll start at 29, 24. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 24. I was thinking, you know, this is crazy. You have two countries that spent 75 years We're neighbors, cooperating in everything. They're both known as Pravoslavni, which means uh, like Russian Orthodox. They both have the similar Christian foundation, supposedly, but the communists stamped out all the charismatic or independent evangelic churches over those 45 years. But since then both in Russia and Ukraine, there's been a growing charismatic, independent, evangelic evangelical movement. And that's one of the first things the Russians do when they get into the Donetsk region. They destroyed almost all of those churches. I mean, flattened them or else appropriated them for their own uses because that's a threat to their leadership. So, this is crazy then you think these two nations had a Christian foundation how can they be attacking each other with such horror and disrespect for life well we got to look to the bible here for answers because that's the ultimate determining factor of where the enemy comes in like a flood we ask the question were these nations really following Christ and is our nation really following Christ wholeheartedly? I have to say, the Russian, you know, quest for the new empire that Putin has—I mean, that's just a demonic lie. But Ukraine was no angel either. <laughs> As I said, there's all this corruption, Russian, or Ukrainian mafia brutalizing intimidating people, having to make them pay bribes for everything. It was a mess. And now, the U.S. has been using, and NATO, they're using Ukraine to fight a proxy war to stop the Russian model of government or, you know, the Putin-Russian empire idea from expanding. Because... They've been pushing him by putting a lot of NATO bases up there in Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Czech, Slovakia, Poland. You know, Russia feels intimidated, so they obviously reacted in war to try to build Ukraine as their buffer state between Russia and the Western NATO nations. But how unrighteous is that to use the people of Ukraine as a proxy war to fight? Now, I'm not justifying any war don't, or justifying stopping it. But we have to see the whole situation here, it's demonically orchestrated to kill, steal, and destroy. But see, Jesus said, I came to give life and life more So our answer is the same as it's always been. It's the gospel. And we have to flood those areas and those people because someday all those Ukrainians are going to go back into their homeland. Those 7.5 million are going to go back. But I have the calling that we need to make sure they're all born again, on fire, gospel-believing Christians. Amen? And that's God's will. But we see how this all happens. So we start at Deuteronomy 29. All the surrounding nations will ask, why has the Lord done this to this land? Why was he so angry? Now, of course, Moses in this original discourse was talking about if Israel f- falls away and worships idols as they did. <laughs> you know, we were talking about that the other day at the men's group. With Pastor Dale, how, you know, Moses is just up there on the mountain for a couple of days, and all of a sudden the Israelites say, Well, hey, we don't know if he's coming back. Look at the lightning and everything. Let's just make our own God. Let's just throw the gold in the fire. And, you know, Moses comes down, he's got the tablets, and they're worshiping this calf. And he said, what, what are you doing? Oh, well, we just threw the gold in the fire, and this calf came out. You know, I mean, people are just so fickle. They so easily get drawn into wrong thoughts, wrong directions. And don't get too religious, because every one of us sitting here at times has gotten off. Amen. And we need the Holy Spirit to draw us back, and so do those nations. And so he said, The answer, you know, he said, why was God so angry? The answer will be, this happened because the people of the land abandoned the covenant of the Lord. The God of their ancestors who made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Instead, they turned away to serve and worship gods they had not known before. Gods that were not from the Lord. That is why the Lord's anger burned against this land, bringing down on it every curse recorded in this book. But we got to say, no, thanks to God, because that's not the end of the story, is it? God said it isn't over yet. And it isn't over for Ukraine, Russia, Czechoslovakia, and America. It's not over yet. But we've got a purpose and a job to do to be the people who do what this book says right now. So let's go now to Deuteronomy 30, and we're going to start reading at verse 6. And I'm reading from the NLT, if, if my translation's a little bit different. Desiree, can you put that on Deuteronomy 30 now, verse 6, thank you. It says, The Lord your God will change your heart and the hearts of all your descendants so that you will love him with all your heart and all your soul so that you may live. The Lord your God will inflict all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate you and persecute you then you will again obey the Lord and keep all his commands that I am giving you today. And now comes one of my most favorite powerful promises in the Bible. Verse 9. The Lord your God will then make you successful in everything you put your hands to do. He will give you many children and numerous livestock, and he will cause your fields to produce abundant harvests For the Lord will again delight in being good to you as he was to your ancestors. The Lord your God will delight in you if you obey his voice and keep his commands and decrees written in this book of instruction. And if, everybody say if, you turn to the Lord your God with awe. Everybody say, all All. your heart and your soul. All. What does that mean? All. (laughs) It doesn't mean there's much room for other stuff. When God said all, he meant all. That's a big word. huh? I had to laugh. Tommy and I have been doing a lot of driving. We've been through already 11 states in three weeks. Wow, yeah. And we still got five more to go. But this is what missionaries do. Because we got to go and raise up the standard. And I was coming to Arkansas with Tommy just a few days ago in a little country church. It was a sign. You know, you can tell they're probably one of those small country churches that Like many, after COVID stopped, a lot of the people just didn't come back. That I cannot understand that. Especially when it says, "If you turn to the Lord with all your heart and soul," how could COVID have anything to do with our commitment to our local church? What's the problem? Well, then I saw that little sign on that little church It said, church should be the reason you don't have time for everything else. <laughs> you know, that's kind of, ow. Because <laughs> we all have stuff. You know, everybody's busy. They got jobs. You got kids. You got family. You got the yard. You got every, all this stuff. But I'm telling you, folks, church should be the reason that we don't have time for a lot of stuff that just doesn't matter. Because this church is going to be the rock of stability that everyone needs to be... I mean, Jesus is the rock, but he called his church and he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Matthew 16. Amen? Amen. And he called us to be in a body... Because it's in the body. Not only do we get the sustenance in the prayer. I I loved it today when they prayed for this brother and my sister in the back. That's the body. The body is made to flow together and love and care for one another. Amen? We're, We're not designed to make it on our own. And see, people, it's not just about the care that you get. It's about as you learn to give care and love people, even when they're not perfect, which none of us are, as you love them and care for them, you're becoming more like Jesus. And he designed the church so we take on that image of Christ that isn't just here for what do I get out of this deal? But we're here for what can you pour into others? Because the true value of riches is not what you possess. Let me say that again. The true value of riches is not what you possess. But it's what you've given to others. It's what you gave to others that determines, are you really wealthy? And I I look all through my Bible and I see who was the author and finisher of that. Jesus. And he gave it all. He said, no man hath greater love than this than he who lays down his life for his brothers. And church is where we learn how to do that. Amen? Church is the institution by which Christ teaches us to be more like him. Okay, so I'm gonna finish up because time is running. And uh, hallelujah. In this same passage, we see a quote of Romans 10 8 through 10 which is one of my favorite verses. In fact, it's the verse that brought me to the cross in the first place 40-some years ago. All right, it's Romans 8, 10, 8 through 10. The word is near you. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 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 That that doesn't mean just saved from our sins and saved from our own selfishness and saved from our human nature, which is fallen. But it also means saved from every work of the devil, saved from the curse of the law, saved from sin and depression and loneliness and hopelessness and living a, a meaningless directionless life. Hallelujah. We are saved and brought into the fellowship with the King of King, Lord of Lords, and the Maker of it all. We're saved to be one with Him and one with each other. Wow. That kind of salvation. Whoo. Glory to God. That's, yeah, thank you. I'm excited about that. But when... Paul wrote that to the Romans. He was quoting this chapter. And I'm going to go back now to verse 2. If you go back up, please, Desiree, verse 2 in that same chapter, Deuteronomy 30. It says, And thou shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children with all thine heart and with all thine soul. And then the Lord thy God will turn your captivity and have compassion on you and will return and gather you from all the nations. And the Lord will circumcise. That's what I read before. I'm I'm slipping down to verse 6. Circumcise is a cutting away of unneeded flesh. And see, if we turn to the Lord, he says, You gotta cut away those unneeded things that your flesh thinks it's gotta have. And I'm sorry, we are the most entitled nation in the whole world. We think, I gotta have this. I gotta have that better car. I gotta have. I gotta. You know? And you know what? I lived in Malawi there just a couple weeks and I was so convicted about the things I thought I gotta have. And seeing those people who have nothing, just living off the dirt, living in a a mud brick house that may or may not get completely washed away in the monsoon rain. And you know what? Even if it did, they'd still be in church on Sunday. I have never seen people so committed to their local church in my life. I mean, joy in that house. You know, we come with our our one car in the whole village and and pretty soon there's a whole line of people as we come into these off-road villages and very few cars even go there because the roads are so awful. You know, and we're all jostled and banged. You know, and I just say, praise the Lord. I'm not going to be entitled. (laughs) And we come in. All of a sudden, the car's surrounded like with 20, 30 people and they're singing the Malawi, you know, praise songs. And it's a, I found out this is a welcoming ceremony for special guests. They didn't know me. They didn't know anything about us. But, hey, we have a guest in our village. They're, they came all the way from Czech Republic, and they're going to minister. Pretty soon there's like 40 people. The kids are dancing. The mamas are swinging around their, you know, handkerchief. And, you know, they're, they're singing these amazing songs. And there's only one instrument; it's a hand drum. But I, this guy with a hand drum and his thumbs and just a little stick, and I mean, he's playing rhythms like you never heard before. Ha! You know, I know Didi did great on that cockon today, but boy, Didi, you need to go there to Malawi and <laughs> hear them things. Woo! I was just so blessed, and and to see their faithfulness and their their joy. And the pastor says, is that hallelujah? And they all, hallelujah! I mean, they go it, with all their heart and with all their mind these people serve the Lord. And boy, that touched my heart. I will never be the same after going there. And I definitely will go back. Okay. So, let's finish this up. He said, you shall have your heart circumcised and the heart of your children to love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your soul that you may live. See, when we get in that all your heart, all your soul, making ourselves available. I mean, I, got, I was with Dale. This guy's 89 years old, and he was preaching with such depth on Tuesday morning at 6.30. And I'm looking like, where's all the people, Dale? <laughs> but he's faithful. That's that's a man who has taught me what all your heart and all your mind is about. And I came on Wednesday night to the Bible study that Cornell and Christy had. It was good. I got to meet nice people like Kip and Rod and Emily and a couple others, and man, we had a good time. It was just depth of the word. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, where's all the people? <laughs> well, I can't change that, but you can, because you got good teaching going on. And see, all your heart, all your mind means you might have to push a couple of those little convenience issues aside to avail yourself. When we have such good things going on, Amen. And I'm not, I'm not beating on you. I'm encouraging you because this is a critical time that the body of Christ needs to know their Savior and know His grace and be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you're not going to sit that, get that, watching. You know, some idiotic reality show on TV. Sorry, I'm stepping, now I am stepping on your toes. <laughs> but see, it's a matter of priorities, isn't it? Where is our heart at today? How much do we want to really sow our life into kingdom realities? Because, folks, we're coming into a time, the people who know their God. ...are going to do exploits. I'm 67. I'm just getting warmed up. My faith is expanding. i got to do more. And I'm asking all of you... ...can you do more? And everybody here has a gift... ...and a calling and something special... ...to offer in the kingdom. Right, George? You're doing yours as as an instructor in the college... Other people have other gifts and callings that are just as valuable. Even if you're changing tires at the tire service or putting in plumbing or fixing electrical or whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. But this is a time we need people who do everything they do to the glory of God and use their gifting as a tool to bring people to Christ. And then I want to come here in a year and see this place filled. And it should be. Amen? Amen. Because this is a good church. I've been here through several different pastoral things. I've been here for 20 years since I first brought Dale over to Slovakia. But it's a good church. Amen? Amen? And if you find something that isn't so great that you don't like so much? Well, get in involved and change something for the better by you being a blessing and holding together in unity. Amen? All right. So let's skip down to verse 14 to 18. I'm going to end. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. All right. On the contrary, the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may follow it. And then I had a byline on my Bible that said, Choose life. Everybody say, Choose life. Choose life. life. Life is where Jesus is. See, I have placed before you today life and happiness or death and adversity. In that I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God. To walk in his ways and to keep his commandments. I mean, keep means you're holding on to that word. You know, like pastor was reading, you hold on to that word of life like a light shining in the darkness. That was Second Peter 1, right? And you hold to... That scripture and make that prophetic word more sure. More sure. I mean, right now I'm holding on to these promises of God. I've got to have more sure in my life to go back and build that pickleball thing. I don't know how. I've never even played it. I got four pickleball sets sitting in the apartment and I'm scratching. How am I going to get all this stuff back there? Well, I don't know, but I got the prophetic word. More sure in me, I can do this thing. What is the prophetic word telling you to do? I know you can't all go to Malawi and Mozambique. I know you're not going to go down to the Ukrainian border. Okay, so send me. That's one thing you can do. Send me and Tommy. But we need to fulfill this. Okay, he says, I'm commanding you this day to love the Lord, walk in his ways, keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments, so that you may live and become numerous. That means God has a plan for us. He wants us to become numerically expanding the kingdom. And see, we can't just say, well, that's Pastor Cornell's job, or that's the worship team's job, or that's Johnny and Ellen's job, or, you know, we're so good at, well, they should do that. (laughs) No, God's saying, you need to be directly involved in numerical expansion of the kingdom of heaven right here in Stillwater. And I am an extension of this church we're expanding. I've been seeing people born again, left and right, both the Ukrainian ministry but also Slovak people. Like I had a young guy come to help me on that roof, and me and this one other guy led him to the Lord. I mean, it was like picking fruit off the grapevine. <laughs> people are ready for the truth. But are you a, a ready workman holding forth the truth of God's word? Okay, so let's finish up. He said, That the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are. But if your heart turns away and you do not obey, but allow yourself to be led astray and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you, you will certainly perish. See, I'm not saying this like, oh, I'm going to end you beating you. No. I'm ending it encouraging you. But see, There's a lot of people right now who will perish if we don't get to them and show them the way of God's life. They're they're hanging in the balance. And God says, will you go? Will you share? Will you be the light and the salt that they're waiting for? Because this is the last days, people. And he said, you will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing. You know, the, the the Israelites, they heard these promises firsthand from Moses. And most of them did not cross over. Most of them, they were still living in the flesh and all the young men, you know, younger, I mean, from like the age of 20 and below, they made it because of God's grace. But the ones that were the older generation, all of them except Caleb and Joshua and their families died. They didn't cross over because they did not mix the word with faith. It just was words. But it didn't get mixed with faith. See, only when you mix these words Living words and promises with faith, does it become rhema reality? Amen. Yes. I can talk to you, I told you the word, but unless you mix it with faith and say, Yeah, God wants to prosper me in everything I put my hand to do. That's the promise, people. That's the truth. He wants to bless you. He says, I, He re- wants to rejoice over you again. But you got to mix that word with faith and act on it. And that is going to have many different meanings to you. It may mean showing up at pastor's excellent teaching on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. I'm talking this Wednesday. <laughs> it might be showing up at Dale's meeting at 6.30. Oh, 30. that's so early. Yeah, I know. I, I was struggling it. You know, my eyes were <laughs> popping like a fox eating yellow jackets. I'm sorry, but I was there, it wasn't I, Dale? <laughs> Most of me, anyway. <laughs> well, that means you guys have to avail yourself of these things and deepen that faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? And then act on it. What did that mean for me? Amen. Uh, Mark, God told you, I I had to go back to college and finish up my master's degree at Asbury Theological Seminary when I was 63. (laughs) I mean, who does that? They were all looking at me like, what? But I knew because I wanted to go deeper. And this this word that I got up there has helped me re-fire my life. What are you going to do? Some people say, well, you know, I'm getting a little old. No, 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 no. Caleb was how old when he went up and took the giants out? 85. So that makes about the only one here with an excuse Dale and he doesn't use it as excuse either. <laughs> okay. I'm done. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus. May I pray for you today. May I pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your grace that has made us new. And you said we are now a new creation. All things have been made new. And that is for your glory. But we're living in a day when darkness is trying to spread out and envelop our land with all kinds of crazy nonsense and evil things have risen up in our land. But Father, I just thank you in Jesus' name. This is the church where the people say, I'm going to seek you with all my heart, with all my soul and all my mind. And I'm going to hold fast to my Jesus. Every day, I'm going to spend time praying and talking with you, Lord. I'm going to shut down some of those flesh, lazy times that I'm wasting, and and I'm going to give myself God's assignment every single day to be people of faith, to be God's holy children and to love him as he loved me in Jesus name we pray and everybody said amen thank you